0: It's time for Lombardi Memories. A that takes you back in time into January or February to the greatest one-day spectacle in all of sports. This is the Every Other Tuesday podcast that looks back at each and every one of the 50-plus Super Bowls and tells the story of who won and why. For the fans who need more than a box score, this podcast goes drive-by-drive, play-by-play, for the most dramatic games in history. I'm your host, Tommy A. Phillips, and you can visit my website at TommyAPhillips.com where you can find all of my books. Today, we have Super Bowl XI, which was held on January 9, 1977 at the Rose Bowl in beautiful Pasadena, California, between the two-time AFC champion Oakland Raiders and the four-time NFC champion, Minnesota Vikings. As always, we have a pop quiz, and then homework at the end of the episode. The pop quiz question for today is, what dubious record set in this game was later broken by team's quarterback by both Peyton Manning and Tom Brady? The answer will come at the end of the podcast. The Oakland Raiders were the dominant team in pro football in 1976. They started their season by knocking off the two-time defending champ, Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers. They were 3-0 and when they suffered their only loss of the season to the New England Patriots. They then went 10-0 and the rest of the way in the regular season before getting revenge on New England in the divisional round of the playoffs with a 24-21 win. They then knocked off the Steelers 24-7 in the AFC Championship game to end Pittsburgh's reign on top of the NFL. The Raiders were 13-1 in the regular season, 15-1 after the AFC playoffs, and they had a chance to go 16-1 with a win in Super Bowl 11. The Raiders were led by quarterback Ken Stabler, who threw for 2,737 yards and 27 touchdowns, completing two-thirds of his pass attempts for a stellar rating of 103.4. Running back Mark Van Egan led the team in rushing with 233 attempts for just over 1,000 yards and three touchdowns. He also caught 17 passes for 173 yards. Clarence Davis and Pete Banizak provided great support options to Van Egan. They combined for nearly 900 yards rushing and eight touchdowns. Tight end Dave Casper led the team in receptions with 53, scoring 10 times. Receiver Cliff Brantz had the most yards through the air, catching 46 passes for exactly 1111 1,111 yards. And not 11 touchdowns, but 12 touchdowns, so you don't get the number there. But um, defensively, linebacker Monty Johnson led the team with four interceptions. But one behind him was defensive back Willie Brown. He had three, and he would uh, step up here in this Super Bowl. As for the Minnesota Vikings, they started the 1976 season 6-0-1. They also defeated the defending champion Steelers, and their only blemish in the first half of their season was a 10-10 tie with Los Angeles. The Bikes only stumbled twice down the stretch, going into the playoffs with an 11-2-1 record. They then defeated Washington 35-20 in the divisional round before beating Los Angeles 24-13 in the NFC Championship game to advance to their fourth Super Bowl. The Vikings were led by pro football quarterback... <laughs> of course, it was a pro football quarterback. He's a pro football Hall of Fame quarterback, Fran Tarkenton who held most of the passing records in the NFL in his day. He threw for 2,961 yards and 17 touchdowns while only throwing 8 interceptions. He was helped by running back Chuck Foreman, who ran for 1,155 yards and 13 touchdowns while catching a team-leading 55 passes for 567 more yards and one score. Receiver Sammy White led the team in receiving yards and in receiving touchdowns with 906 yards and 10 touchdowns. Receiver Ahmad Brissad also had a good year, catching 53 passes for 671 yards and three scores. Defensive back Nate Wright led the team with seven interceptions, which was more than double than anyone else on the team. So we get to... Super Bowl XI, and the Vikings kick off to begin the game. Oakland running back Carl Garrett took back the opening kickoff to his own 33. On the first third down of the game, Stabler passed to Casper for 25 yards. Davis then blasted forward for a big gain all the way down to the 12. But the Raiders proved that they were unable to get it farther than the 11, so out came kicker Arrow Mann to try a 29-yard field goal. Man was a mid-season acquisition from Detroit. In his first 13 games between two teams, he made only eight of 21 field goal attempts. In other words, not the guy you want trying a big kick in the Super Bowl. He missed this 29-yard field goal attempt off the left upright. The Vikings went three and out and punted, and the Raiders got backed up thanks to a clipping call on the punt return. Stabler threw a play-action pass to receiver Fred Beliknikov. I'll never be able to pronounce his name, <laughs> although he's an important player for this game. Um, uh caught a nine-yard pass from Stabler, but the Raiders had the punt. So, the Raiders defense then forced a quick three and out, and we get the same treatment from the Vikings defense. So, it was back and forth, three and out, three and out. And punter Ray Guy came out the punt for the Raiders, and he had his kick blocked by linebacker Fred McNeil. The first time in his career, Guy had a punt blocked. Guy made the tackle on the play to save a touchdown but Minnesota had the ball at the Oakland three. So, easy score, right? Nope, because running back Brent McClanahan fumbled, and linebacker Willie Hall recovered for Oakland. No points for the Vikes. Banaszak began the new drive with a couple of runs. Then Davis ripped off a 34-yard run down the left side. Stabler threw the Garrett for a first down, at the Vikings 48. After going incomplete for Beliknikov, he hit Casper for a first down at the 24. Van Egan ran for six yards, Davis got three more, and then Van Zack got another first down. Stabler tried a couple passes to the end zone for Casper, but they both fell incomplete and Oakland had to try a field goal. But this time Mann did make the field goals from 24 yards out. And the Raiders led 3 0 early in the second quarter. The Raiders defense forced a quick three now, and, and they got the ball back at their own 36. Stabler threw quick the Brants for eight yards. Davis then took a reverse and got a first down at the Minnesota forty eight. Stabler found Casper for 19 yards, and then he hit Garrett for 13 yards. And then Two plays later, Stabler threw the Boliknik off, and he made a fantastic catch at the Minnesota one-yard line. That set up a stabler Casper one-yard touchdown pass, and Oakland was now up 10 nothing. So the Vikings didn't have the ball for very long. Oakland got it back at the Minnesota 35 after defensive back Neil Colsey had a great punt return. Van Egan ran for a first down, then Baliknikov made another spectacular catch down at the one-yard line, again, just sort of scoring. This time, Banizak pouted it in for the touchdown. Mann missed the extra point wide right, but Oakland now had a 16-0 lead, and the Vikings couldn't get in the scoring range the rest of the half, so they went to halftime trailing by 16. Parkington finally got the Vikings a first down with a pass to running back Robert Miller at the 39, starting out the second half. The Vikes couldn't get another first down, though, so they punted. Oakland started at their own 16. Davis ran for a first down on a drop play, but then the Raiders had the punt. And back came (laughs) punt after punt here, where... The Vikings just ran Chuck Foreman three times and punted. That's all they did. Oakland gets the ball back better field position at their own 45. So Davis runs off the left side. He gets a first down and then Stable through the branch just short of another first down. The Raiders had to try a field goal and man made an impressive 40-yard kick for three points. To make it 19 to nothing. So he did have a pretty good kick. Even though he had been unreliable. The Vikings went three and out once more. But Oakland linebacker Ted Hendricks made the worst play of the day. He ran into the punter. And the Vikings were given a first down on penalty. At the time. Just running into the kicker. Was automatic first down. Um, So. Vikings kept the ball, and it gave them a spark because Tarkenton then threw the tight end Stu Voigt for a first down at the Oakland 47. The Raiders got called for holding before Tarkenton hit Rashad at the 25 for another first down. Facing fourth down shortly afterward, Tarkenton fired to Foreman down the right side for a first down. He then threw a touchdown pass to Sammy White and kicker Fred Cox's extra point made it 19-7 to at the end of three quarters. Perkinson had a chance to get his team back in the game on the next drive in the fourth quarter as the Vikings had the ball near midfield only down by 12. But he threw a terrible pass. He regretted this one immediately Threw it over to the middle of the field. It got intercepted by linebacker Willie Hall. It it was just a terrible pass. He sort of never thrown it. The Raiders took advantage quickly. On third down, Stabler found Veliknikov wide open for a 49-yard gain down to the one-yard line. That was Veliknikov's third catch of this game that came up one yard short of the end zone. It wouldn't have been a good day for him as a fantasy player. Uh, from there, Banizak powered his way in, and Oakland now led 26-7, and it was all about over now. The rest of the game was just garbage time. Tarkenton threw another interception. This one, the Willie Brown, who I talked about earlier, he returned this one 75 yards for a pick six. Um, man missed the extra point, but Oakland was now up. 32 to 7 and the Vikings got a garbage touchdown on a catch by Void with less than a minute to go. Yeah, it was very very late in the game. The Vikings uh, got that touchdown to make it look a little better. Final score was 32-14 in favor of Oakland and head coach John Madden had done it. He had led the Raiders to a Super Bowl championship with only one loss all year long. For the Vikings, it was their fourth Super Bowl loss, setting a record. That record was later tied by the Denver Broncos and the Buffalo Bills. While the Bills remain tied with the Vikes at 0-4 for the worst record in Super Bowl history, the Broncos have won a few. And that brings us back To today's pop quiz question. Peyton Manning lost Super Bowl 48 with the Broncos, marking the Broncos' fifth Super Bowl loss. Tom Brady later lost Super Bowl 52 to the Eagles, which was New England's fifth loss in a Super Bowl. The Broncos and Patriots now hold the Super Bowl record for most losses in the big game with five each. And the Vikings, though, they haven't been back to the Super Bowl since Super Bowl XI. So the answer to the question was that Peyton Manning and Tom Brady uh, broke the record for most losses by a franchise. Of course, neither of them were around for all those losses. As for this game, Fred Bliknikoff was named most valuable players for making those great catches in this game. But for me, if I were to give out an MVP, it would have to be Ken Stabler. He was the glue that kept this team together during this game. He played a flawless game. No, his numbers weren't gaudy, but they didn't have to be. The snake did everything broadly Joe did eight years prior and then some. And if Joe Namath won MVP, I think, Ken Sabre would deserve it too. But how about an MVP for a player on the losing team? There's really no one to give it to on the Vikings because they played that poorly. I'll go with Chuck Foreman. He set up one touchdown with a clutch 4th down catch. He just never really had a chance against this powerful Oakland defense. It was a mismatch all the way. So... It's hard to give to anyone. I'm just giving it to Chuck Foreman because he set up that touchdown, the only touchdown, really, of any significance for Minnesota. The least valuable player has to be Tarkenton. It's true that Oakland's defense was dominant, but if you're a pro football Hall of Famer, you've got to find some way to get your team on the score seat. Minnesota didn't score until the very end of the third quarter, and by then it was already too late. Turkington just didn't give his team a chance to win in this one. Best player you've never heard of. How about defensive back Neil Colsey for the Raiders? Not so much for his defensive play, but his punt returning play. He had some great punt returns in this one, including one that got wiped out by a clipping penalty. One of his returns really set up the Oakland offense in good position to score. He ought to be more than just a footnote in the story of this Super Bowl victory because he did a good job. And if that one punt return would have stood up and not had clipping on it, uh, he might have been a bigger story. Now, what was the biggest play of this game? I'm going with Blytikov's final catch of the day, a 49-yarder that set up Oakland's third touchdown. That made it 26-7, and officially extinguished all hopes the Vikings had of coming back. But the biggest play no one remembers is Ray Guy, after having his punt blocked, going and making the tackle to prevent a Vikings touchdown. The Vikes ended up fumbling only a few plays later. If he doesn't make that tackle, Minnesota goes up 7 nothing and who knows what happens from there. In the end, John Madden led his team to a 16-1 record and a 32-14 victory in Super Bowl XI. Lots of Raiders from this team are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, including Madden himself, Poliknikov, Stabler, Willie Brown, Casper, Guy, Hendricks, Art Sell, and Gene Upsaw, and there's an argument to be made for Cliff Branch, even though he isn't in yet. This was truly one of the greatest NFL teams of all time. Finally, here's some homework. I've got two for you this week. Snake, The Legendary Life of Ken Stabler by Mike Freeman, and Badasses, John Madden's Oakland Raiders by Peter Richmond. These books will give you a great look into the 1976 Oakland Raiders and its star-at-quarterback, their star quarterback who finally made it into the Hall of Fame in 2016, albeit posthumously. That's all I've got for this week. Thank you for putting up on my list. You know, you you ever notice that they make the word list uh, hard to say for someone who's got a list? But, uh, in any case, I thank you for joining me yet again. Next time, we will have the orange crust defense of the Denver Broncos and the doomsday defense of the Dallas Cowboys trying to put the clamps down on the opposing offenses in Super Bowl 12. Spoiler alert, one does, the other doesn't. Until then... This is Tommy A. Phillips. My website, again, is tommyaphillips.com. So long.
1: Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network.